Sunday in the snake pit. Dime. Roll Tide. Roll Roll t- Selection Sunday <laughs> in the in the snake pit. I, I, I'm of two minds here. You know, for 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 the listeners who are not college football fans, you can turn off your brains for a second. But if you are, I, I I'm of two minds because. Uh, the Florida State Seminoles were uh, grossly a gross miscarriage of justice yeah. for an undefeated Power Five team to not be selected with wins over two SEC schools, yeah. uh, no less. Uh, over you know at, at Alabama, as you alluded to with your rolling of the tide, uh, were selected after defeating Georgia. With Alabama, you know, not they're, listen. They're they're still really damn good, but this has not been their best year. Yeah. Uh, however. However, they are uniquely equipped to beat Michigan. So I I am, you know, again, I I, I thought it sucked that FSU got screwed over, but I am happy that Michigan's gonna lose to Alabama. Yeah. So But that's uh that's enough sports ball for you people. That's, that's the that's the college football segment of our show. A recurring college football segment. We're, 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 we're usually talking about the Richmond Spiders, but today we'll talk about the big boys. Yes, yes. Yeah, usually we talk about, you know, like Bennett High mm-hmm. uh, football, but mm-hmm. we, we dipped our toes a little in the water of college yeah. football opining. But enough of that. Um, Jim, we got some we got some news of the week, but but first. Yeah. But for we, we won't we won't put this at the end of the episode. We'll put it at the front of the episode because the Christmas party is imminent. Yes. December 8th. Which is, if you're listening to this now, this Friday. Yeah. And if you listen to it in the future for some reason, the party was great. It was fucking wild. It yeah. was crazy. We had the time of our lives. Um, and I'm so sad if you missed it. Mm-hmm. But if you're you know, in the moment here and you're like, okay, I don't want to have the world's worst FOMO. I don't want to miss the last square podcast Christmas party. Buy those tickets. Yep. Uh, buy them up. Uh, Armory Restaurant on Connecticut Street, 7 to 10. Uh, tickets are on Eventbrite. You can find them on all our, our socials. And uh, $40, that includes some food and the show. We've got uh, Tyler Westcott playing music, and then we'll do the live version of the podcast, News of the Week with Dr. Jason Knight, interviews with State Senator Sean Ryan and Westside Community Services' Mary Schaefer, and, of course, the game that is sweeping the nation, Re or Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's all the proceeds will go to Westside Community Services. Um, if you don't get a ticket before you arrive... We can't. Well, we will be able to take cash at the door. We won't be able to take credit cards, which means if you if you don't have cash at the door, which it's a cash only place, they they don't have an ATM, they don't take card at the bar. Um, you'll have to like then log onto Eventbrite on your phone and buy a ticket right there. Am I also okay to say that we we have a very special announcement? I yeah, I think I think we're gonna have a, a very special announcement that might be of interest to people. Uh, that we're you know I think word is starting to leak a little bit about this, but. Uh, Something that, uh, you know, for those of you who are, are interested enough, uh, you're invested enough to come to the Christmas party, it might be something of interest to you. You won't want to miss this. I, I, I promise you, this is a a very special announcement, yeah. very exciting for fans of the Square podcast. Um, we'll want to hear, and you'll want to hear that night. Hmm. I Believe me. Um, but we will, you know, we'll, we'll save the juice mm-hmm. for the night of. Just get your, get your tickets, because you will want to be there for yeah. this. I mean, this is a, a good price to meet a state senator. Yeah, usually you have to pay a lot more on campaign donations. So this is, you know, you get some beers, you get a good time with it too. Get to hang out with Sean Ryan mm-hmm. and uh, see if he can actually dunk. Challenge him to a dunk contest. Yeah, you can. You know, he talks a big game on our show, but maybe in person you're like, I could, I could take him. Yeah, I could take him on the court. 
Yeah, break into uh, what uh, the Uvils right over there. They they must have a gym. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. And uh, and and Jim, we are we're looking at the news here. Yeah. Now I I I feel bad when I say this. I don't want to do a disservice to the listener or to the news, but it it's a little bit of a slow news week. A, a little bit, but but the hostel saved. At least right now. The hostel Re- saved for right now. Reprieve. Hostels on reprieve. No. Uh, yes, the city of Buffalo said, all right, we'll, we'll kind of help. Yeah. Um, we'll, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Urban Renewal Agency voted to, to spend like about $2 million, maybe a little over $2 million, um, to make some structural repairs to that building that the city owns that is threatening the, the hostel. Um, I do think that it's going to... When they do these repairs, it's going to force the hostel to either like move or shut down for a couple of months uh, so they can get this done. But at the same time, Brenda Mahaffey, who's the executive director for Borough, was like, hey, well, you know, we'll do this, but it's time for the hostel to get their act together and buy this building from us. Which is crazy because like, I saw somebody point out on you know, Twitter, I'm not calling it anything besides that, <laughs> um, that you know, like, you know, when it came down to like, you know, helping out Bray Miller, they're just like, I guess we'll just give you money because, like, we, we, you know, we recognize the importance of having a grocery store downtown, but not the importance of having a hostel. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, that is also a mark of a, of a major city is having a, a hostel for your, for your travelers to stay at. Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, this will give the hostel time to, like, raise money to buy this building from us. Which, you know, like, really, if they want the hostel to, like, be a caretaker, take care of that building... And they know it's going to need a lot of structural improvement. I'm sure the $2 million is not going to bring everything up to like where it needs to be. This would be something that the, the city should be negotiating, working way to like gift this building or sell the building for like a dollar to the hostel. A nonprofit that is a steward, on main, has been a steward on Main Street, taking care of, of stuff and being a light there throughout all the years when we didn't have development in that area. Yeah, my, my first thought with all this is why half-ass it? You know, like why? Why just throw like a small bone at them? Why? Either, like you said, like yeah, give them the building, or just go the other way and say, okay, we're not going to do anything with this. Like, don't, don't pussyfoot around it. Like, don't half-ass it. Two million. I'm not saying two million is not a significant sum of money for the city of Buffalo to be giving. However, um, I probably won't be enough for for everything that it needs. No, I, 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 I mean, I really think that like, this is probably like more politically like trying to like kick the can type of thing, right? Like. The hostel was getting was doing very well at getting engagement, getting people in the community to reach out to City Hall, whether it was their, their council members or it was the mayor's office, saying, like, this is important. We need this in the community. And it was probably, like, too much. You know, it, it, there's was, there was articles in the, in the paper, like the, the WBFO was covering it. There was probably too much, you know, political, like, press heat and, and talk about it for them to ignore. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that they... they really a, a care about i don't think or and b we're we know we're all pretty confident that city hall has major financial issues and like that's why like we'll do a, a band-aid for two million dollars but also you should buy this building and instead of saying like please buy this building or like we'll, we'll work with you they're kind of using like you know the state democratic committee like your voting record is that like we're trying to shame you into buying this building from us so yeah. that you you can take care of yourself um and so, like, I kind of think that's what, and I, it wouldn't be surprising to me that, you know, if in a year and a half or whatever, when, like, it comes time and, like, all right, well, Burroughs, like, hey, you, you should have bought this building from us right now, and if the hostel doesn't have the money, that the city then also does another Band-Aid. City's great at Band-Aids. Yeah. They are. <laughs> They're so much cheaper than surgery. 
So much cheaper than surgery. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But yes, a stay of execution for the Buffalo Hostel for now, which is I, I think a net good thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, look, you know, like hostels are like if you want to be considered a real city, and especially like a city like Buffalo, where you know we are still you know a mid-sized but a, a top 100 American city, but we're very close to the international border. So you're going to have more travelers doing stuff like that, especially like students, you know, and you've got something like Niagara Falls close. You know, a hostel is very important. It might be more important to have a hostel in, say, Buffalo than it is in, say, Syracuse, you know, for, or Albany. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo being, like, we, we kind of take for granted here that Buffalo is a travel hub, yeah. you know, like people can travel through Buffalo, and, and, and affordably so, by the way. If you wanted to, Easily take, like, well, not easy. The train kind of sucks from Toronto. But you you could, like, take the train. Like, you'd fly into Toronto. You could take the train into Buffalo, stay in the hostel, the Buffalo hostel, take the train to New York City. Mm-hmm. Like, it it is an affordable way for people to travel, to see the city, to, you know, like, have Buffalo's profile culturally be relevant. And I think a lot of that gets forgotten. I, I, I get it, dollars and cents. You know, the things that bring in a ton of money are going to get the focus, but you can never look. You want to be relevant, like, you want to have a cultural footprint. You're right. Cities, like real cities, have hostels, they have places you can stay affordably. The travelers can come through. Well, I'm thinking, like, especially like with something like Niagara Falls, right? Is that if I'm, you know, you know, Franz who lives in, in, you know, uh, Stuttgart, and I'm thinking about going to North America and I want to see like New York City. And I want to see Niagara Falls because I, I you know, it's it, it's in the area, and I'm you know somebody who is interested in, and I want to stay at hostels, and I see that there's one in Buffalo, twenty minutes from Niagara Falls. Great, my just my mind is made, my decision is made for me. My mind is made up. I, that is where I'm staying, you know, because like the next closest hostel is probably Toronto, mm-hmm. right? So like now I like I can go check out Niagara. Like now I can go spend an entire day at Niagara Falls, or spend part, of, and then I guess I can see what the city of Buffalo has to offer for me. And spend some time there, you know. And maybe I go to the AKG. Great, you know, I could check that out. Uh, I went on Friday; it was great. I also went on Friday. Yeah. We went. We we took different shifts. Yeah. Um, it was sweet, man. Yeah. I didn't I, like that Quiznos piece, but other than that, I was. <laughs> I I man, I thought uh, it it looks phenomenal. Like it was just a wild. I I, I know the construction been going on for a while. I know. You know, f- fondness makes the heart, you know, or was it like absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Like, yeah. I did not realize how much I missed going to the Albright Knox yeah. until I was there. And I thought, wow, this is fucking cool. So just yeah. a little side note. But yeah. And, and and again, if you want people from outside of Buffalo to have that experience of, of oh, wow, the AKG, this is really tight. This is awesome. Uh, you need things like the Buffalo Hostel. Yeah. But speaking of that stretch of Elmwood, yes, uh, across the street, not such good times. <sighs> hmm. Are you telling me that Buffalo State University is having a bad go at it? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the trend for like all, let's say, mid-tier and lower colleges and universities across the country right now. Like we just saw, like this week, uh, College St. Rose and Albany announced that like they're closing, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And that we've seen that consistently over the last couple of years. Enrollments are falling um, in colleges. You know, Buff State, you know, about 10 years ago, 
had almost 12,000 students enrolled, and now they're at like half that or less. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, that's a major problem. You know, like is as much, you know, especially with tuition being very expensive, but like that is a large generator of funds. And not just the tuition, because maybe some people don't pay, but like getting that federal money from the guaranteed student loans, right? That's a huge influx of cash that you need to depend on. And for decades, enrollment was just growing at all colleges, right? And, you know, you know, we've, we, we know, like, you know, was it two years ago, Kenesha started to make cuts and eliminating programs because it was starting to impact them. And, you know, Buff State apparently has a, you know, a annual deficit of over sixteen million dollars, and does not have that much operating expenses left over. You know, and it and you don't you're going to see this with like I said like the mid tier or lower you know you can put Buff State whichever tier you want to put it into right um you know this isn't going to happen to UB first of all it's it's the SUNY flagship university but like other SUNY schools are having this issue right this Buff State is not unique in this way. And a lot of private colleges are having this issue. Uh, it's one of the things that's been very remarkable to me. Like, I don't know what kind of deal Duval made with the devil that like they're able to like continue to have money and expand. When we saw, you know, Madai close, yep. right? Um, Canisius, you know, cutting, cutting, contracting yeah, significantly, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and you know, and colleges, you know, all over the country uh, having issues and, and shutting down, uh, despite their history. You're not going to see like. Brown is not going out of business, right? Like these places that have like billions of dollars in endowments are not are not going to go anywhere. It's true, although I mean there is a a domino effect like that. That that's the thing is like, yes, you won't see like historic institutions like that take a hit. But what ends up happening is like, okay, you end up with a like selectivity wise, like if you're a higher caliber school like okay you're gonna have maybe less candidates like if if society if american society has truly moved away from college or if people are just saying the juice is not worth the squeeze well i mean look i don't know if it's that people are saying that i don't because i think everybody's still telling you you have to go to college the reason why enrollments are going down is because we have smaller generations now right gen z's millennials there's fewer of them than there were of gen xers and baby boomers there's just not like you know it's not the same amount of people. I mean, you do have some different demographics. I think the other issue is that, like, you know, with income inequality, you know, schools like you, know, you need places like Buff State, which are affordable, right? Uh, and, and the places like St. Rose or Canisius, which are, you know, really don't really differentiate themselves academically that much from, say, Buff State, but are so much more expensive. It's not a surprise that that they're closing, and but and they don't have the 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 prominent the you know uh, cachet of an Ivy League school or a Notre Dame or a Syracuse right um, and so like they're going they're going to fall apart uh, I mean look you know I wouldn't be like I, I would as a Bonaventure alum can't feel that say that I feel like like Bonaventure I, I could say oh I'll definitely be there in, in 10, 15 years it's a small school yeah it has a lot of history I mean it's been around since the eighteen fifties but I mean, does it really offer that much of a unique experience that is worth the money? Uh, if you're at like, it, it's only saving grace is that it's like the only college in that area, right? I mean, when that's you know where St. Rose is one of many in in Albany. Well, and I mean, it, it's kind of like it's it's definitely not an apples to apples comparison when you talk about like the small private schools versus like a buff state, because the small private schools, a lot of what they offer is that net in network, right? Mm-hmm. Like so the and. 
as up their ass they are, the Bonaventure community is very tight. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Buff State offers something different. Like, yes, there's networking, of course. I'm, I'm not going to say there isn't. But it's exactly what you said, Jim. It's that affordable option for a good education. Like, mm-hmm. I, people dismiss out of hand just because, all right, you know, all the dipshits you went to high school with, a lot of them maybe went to ECC, but a fair amount went to Buff State. Just because a lot of idiots went there uh, doesn't mean there's not one a great education to be had to a lot of really smart people that come out of there that otherwise would not have been able to get a good education. Yeah. Well, and look, the Buff State, I think, uh, compared to a lot of the other like smaller pro- uh, public schools, does actually have a, a stronger alumni network. I mean, our mayor went to Buff State. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, there's a there, there are a lot of, like Buff State has a stronger say network connections because it's rooted in an urban center than say I don't know a Geneseo. Right, where like there, people don't generally stay in Geneseo. You get dispersed, and, and it's, it's also a smaller uh, SUNY school. Um, you know, I've seen some people like, well, why don't like you know, Buff State and UB merge? Well, they offer two different things, right? UB is a research university that offers a lot of professional degrees, and it's geared towards that and geared towards being more selective and being the flagship of the SUNY program. Buff State is a more affordable program that offers more terminal degrees and it's designed towards maybe individuals who aren't interested or aren't going to be at a research university, right? Two totally separate things. I mean, another school that's in the SUNY that is having major issues is Fredonia, mm-hmm. right? And like, you know, the, the state's going to have to figure out like, can we say Fredonia? Like, you know, now one of Fredonia's things is like, it's a big appeal for of the SUNY schools music, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and so like, are they going to be able to save Fredonia? That's interesting. Mean, Cause that would be a huge blow to like Northern Chautauqua County. Catastrophic. You I know? mean, it re- really like, right? you know, I mean, and you know, it, look at it with declining enrollments, you know, like we usually feel like, oh, well, like the state schools are pretty safe, but there's a lot of Sunnis. There's yeah. a lot of state schools, uh, and they can't all be safe. No. No. So again, like these are, these are domino effects of this and look, say what you will about, you know, the nature of, I don't know, there's, were a lot of predatory college, uh, you know, higher learning institutions that were just like money grabs. Um, fine. Mm-hmm. But I, you will never hear, you'll never catch me saying like the institution of higher learning is not something that we as a society should promote. I think even if you're like, okay, why do we need garbage men to go to college? Because I want to live in a society with like fucking educated people, including the garbage men. What? I mean, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I agree with that, and I think you know everybody should have opportunity to like you know, to further education and you know, and to some degree find themselves. Uh, but like you know, like yeah, to expand like their their knowledge base and and to expand like who they interact with, right? Like you know, you, one of the, th- the things where like you know people are like, oh well, oh well, you know, all these professors are. You know, convincing my kids to be leftist, and I was like, "Look, if you've ever been like on a college campus, professors can't convince kids of shit, right? Like, yeah. they, they can't get them to come to class on a regular basis. What makes kids, you know, be more open-minded is meeting people from different backgrounds, whether that's racial, religious, socioeconomic, you know, uh, you know, gender identity and orientation. Like, that is what gets people to be more open-minded. It's like, and I think that's a good learning experience, just like." Having the opportunity to be afford to like travel overseas and and to, to do that those are things that like if we had a good society and as the rich, richest country on earth we should be able to afford the opportunity for all of our, our citizens. But the other thing you mentioned that I didn't think about and I, I wonder how much this impacts is like 
like for profit, but like not just for profit, but like University of Phoenix, yes, Grand Canyon University, right? Um, like those online schools, how much are they impacting? Probably quite a bit, especially in the wake of the pandemic, uh, the enrollment at your more traditional colleges. Yes. And, and look, if you hate institutions like that, which you view as predatory that end up with like garbage degrees, you know, which I am inclined to agree with, you will want the preservation of places like buff state because the buff states go away and guess what pops up in their their absence, mm-hmm. right? Like, you will be getting more University of Phoenixes that will be basically just scamming people because affordable options like Buff State, as they as they go away, there will be a mar- like there will be a market for people from lower income communities to get education because we we as a society still value education, but it it looks different and. It's bad. It's bad if it's not like your buff states. Like it's not like a public institution. Well, and it's also like you know, the institution, like the the companies, the businesses that are looking to require certain degree requirements and stuff like that, in order to give your chance an opportunity to advance socioeconomically, aren't going to be quick enough to adjust to. Well, we don't mean the for profit colleges, right? They're just they're gonna still be looking for like, did you get a bachelor's degree? That's what we're looking for, and so like it's going to be incentivized even more for people, especially from lower income situations, to get taken advantage of more by by these for profit universities because they're going to be selling like, hey, you know, the buff states of the world and you know the, the places that you had an opportunity to maybe go to because it was in your community and you know you couldn't. You, socioeconomically, you couldn't afford to go move, live away, but you didn't get enough of scholarship. You're going to have to take some student loans. So this was your commuter school. Well, now that that closed, your only opportunity now is to get taken advantage of by us. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or you don't have an opportunity to to advance your socioeconomic status. Yeah. Again, this is why the domino effect is because not to go too much in the weeds on this, but you you know you talked about your Ivy Leagues, your New IVs, your you know Notre Dame's, your Syracuse's, like entrenched entrenched institutions. It it's gonna be harder. Those, those places are only going to get more and more selective, and it's going to be w- without the in between, without the Bonaventures, the Canisius's. Like it, it becomes very stark contrast. Like either you are part of the upper echelon, mm-hmm. or you're going to the University of Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's because like we talk about like the SUNY program, like. SUNY is going to, in the next decade, I guarantee going to have to close some of their campuses. Some of those schools are just not going to exist anymore with with the way enrollment is trending, right? And that's going to mean, you know, like, look, you know, sure, there are a lot of kids who go to Cortland, right, or Plattsburgh or, you know, Os- you know uh, Oswego, Oswego, right? Yeah. Geneseo, as I mentioned, Brockport, right? Because, like, Purchase. they want they, yeah, they to go away a little bit, right? Um, you know, but, you know, so, I think I think I think like purchase. I think Binghamton. I think Buffalo, probably like UB, probably fine, right? Because purchase is like the the SUNY close to, closest to New York City. True. Um, you know, uh, and uh, Binghamton is in Binghamton, and it's also a, like one of the other research universities for in the SUNY program. Buffalo is yeah. at Buffalo, the ones that are like in smaller areas where, it you know, say Cortland, right, which is. Yes, they have a bunch of students who live on campus or who are, are residents, but they also draw a lot from uh, students in that area. Now there's not going to be a commuter school in that area, 
right? Because like you know the the next closest schools are what Cornell and Ithaca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're the if you're going to Cortland, I mean, you maybe could get into Cornell and Ithaca, but it's a tougher tougher sledding. Right. Well, and I mean, and also you know like look like Cornell obviously Ivy not going anywhere. Ithaca pretty strong, but not infallible. Yeah, you know. So, um, I, I think I think we're higher education. You know, is got some stuff that we're gonna we're gonna be seeing some trickle down in a while. And going back to the pandemic too, I, I know one of the other things is that like because of the pandemic, there's been lower graduation rates. There's mm-hmm. been fewer people graduating from high school. Not just because like there's fewer people in these generations than there were in the the boomers and Gen Xs, but also just like the pandemic really fucked everything up. You know, like maybe in five years, like enrollments will be growing for everybody again. Maybe, maybe you know, um, but like it, look, it, we we start off the show with college football, but like one of the reasons why like these schools are like blowing up like traditional power conferences is because like football is saving a lot of these big schools, right? And so like you know that is why the Pac-12 is not going to exist anymore after this year, right? They just they blew it up, or or conversely why, you know, and and again I know we're going broader than our scope here, but I think it's worth mentioning that. You look at a lot of like college programs and you think, geez, why are they chasing? Like, why is this small, you know, Mountain West school chasing after college football? Like, why are they dumping so much money into it? Well, it might be the one thing that keeps it afloat and keeps it relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like, like there are schools that have made their names on and become relevant schools because of sports and not because of academics. Right. Uh, and there's, there's a couple different ways to do it. You have some schools that are kind of did both at the same time, looking at you, Notre Dame some, and Duke. I was about to say some. Some could argue. <laughs> yeah, some some could argue they kind of did it both at the same time. I, I, like Notre Dame and Duke would be like Stanford, maybe to a certain extent, right? Um, and then you know there's Syracuse, right? Probably mm-hmm. up there. Uh, and then but then there's other schools that like definitely focus on the academic. Like nobody is like, man, can't wait to go to that MIT basketball game. Right. That's true. Although, <laughs> I would love to see it actually. Now yeah, that you yeah. mentioned it, yeah, especially <laughs> if they're playing like Kansas. Right, right. Yeah, that would be great. So I know we went long on this topic, but we're, you know we're both passionate about yeah. it. It's our show. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, um, yeah we're sunsetting soon, anyways. So uh, you know, write in your complaints, and we'll never get them. Yeah, we don't care. I'm not gonna. Li- I mean, you can tell you can tell me in person at the Christmas party. Yeah. though. Uh, you can mail them to 505 Pearl. You can mail them to 505 Pearl. Now, if we get them, uh, I don't know because 505 Pearl, 505 Pearl recently sold. It did. So it's, it sold like a year or two ago. Uh, very quietly, Shays purchased it um, and didn't really come up with any plans for it. I assume they're selling it so they have money to give to Brian Higgins. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they sold it. Um, and you know, like, going to be very interesting to see. Uh, the group that bought it, what they do with it, probably sounds like they're going to do like, you know, high end apartments with like some sort of like mixed use on the first floor. It'd be nicer to see some affordable housing in that area. Uh, for five hundred five, if you don't know, it, that's the Sound Lab building mm-hmm. uh, down there by like Pearl Street, uh, by the the ball baseball stadium. I fucking miss Sound Lab so bad. I, I saw some really great shows at Sound Lab. <sighs> Was it? What a great venue! What a, I I hope it becomes something, anything yeah. like fun and cool because that's such a great space. Yeah, um, I saw I saw, Tokyo Police Club there with, Smoosh, which is now Chaos Chaos, uh, and uh, opened for them when like 
the members of Smoosh, like the oldest one was like 14. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar, if you don't know the name Chaos Chaos, if you've ever watched like the episode where of Rick and Morty where Rick is kind of playing suicide, that is Chaos Chaos playing in there. Um, the, the Chaos Chaos has play, uh, provided music for that show a couple of times. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll see what becomes of 505 Pearl, though. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, you know, Do they say who bought it? Or yeah, I, I don't remember. Right. Um, I, I saw the article on Buffalo Rising, so, eh. yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, somebody purchased it, it really pretty cheap. It was like $1.4 million for that building. Damn. So uh, um, we, we, if we don't uh, organize all our money to gentrify South Buffalo, which we'll get to later, mm-hmm. um, maybe we can get uh, all our money pulled up and buy another a building on Pearl Street. That'd be tight. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, ideally, like this is like would be nice for like the city to step in, um, and and do some and say like, hey, look, what can we do to make sure that there's some affordable housing units in here, um, and and make sure, or if not all affordable housing, right? You know, like let's that would be a good neighborhood to do it in, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could turn that into housing. I mean, it's gonna get it's probably gonna get turned into housing or maybe a hotel. Yeah, yeah, you know. it'll probably be turned into. I, I will, I mean, maybe unpopular opinion, but, like, I think actually a hotel might be a little better than, <laughs> I, I, not not that there shouldn't be affordable housing down there, but simply, like, there's just, like, a like a dearth of hotels downtown. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I you know, well, that gets back to, like, our hostels, but, like, yeah, like, you know, people always be like, well, when they announce a new hotel, be like, well, how do we need, why do we need hotels in Buffalo? Like, surprised with the occupancy rate in Buffalo. It's very high. Right. Um, but, yeah, I... I'd rather see that building turned into like affordable housing. I'd rather see, you know, a shovel. Uh, I'd rather see the A's building turned into a hotel. Oh, that'd be cool. Talk about buildings that the city's going to have to take over. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for five, five Pearl. Um, but we're really keeping an eye out for a big move for a friend of the pod. Uh, now former Buffalo news. Uh, yeah. Uh, writer, food critic, Andrew Glarno. Yeah, Andrew Glarno, uh, this week was his last week at the Buffalo News. Um, he is moving to a, a, his own private venture, a substack called Four Blights. Um, he did get to keep the Buffalo Food Instagram handle, which is uh, which is very nice for him. Um, and, but uh, yeah, Glarno, who we've had on the show a couple of times, um, and we've had the we've had the opportunity to go out and eat with him a couple of times, um, is his moving on from the Buffalo News. Yeah, you know, I mean, just again, a sign of you know what is going on with you know journalism and local papers, not just here in Buffalo but across the country. Um, that you know your long-term guild journalists, you know, trying to find what they can do, you know, and figure out what, and like moving on because they're 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 not getting the support or the security that they were getting in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I. I obviously wish uh, Andrew well in this venture in the next phase of his life and his career. Um, but your, your point is well taken, Jim. I, I think of one of our other friends of the pod, uh, Colin Dabkowski, mm-hmm. who I ran into at the gym the other day. Um, and, and writers of, you know, his caliber, Galarno's caliber, so many incredible journalists and thinkers, people who give the, like give the flavor to the city. You know what I mean? Like the, the cultural stuff, it's, I know it's like a little squishy and you're like, uh, how does that add to, you know, how does it like very many people are, are focused on the dollars and cents, but truly it's the squishy stuff. It's mm-hmm. the, 
the cultural stuff that makes a place worth living mm-hmm. and, and, and gives the city the character that it has. We take for, I think we really do take for granted how unique and special the city's character, voice, personality is. And that is created and fueled by the likes of Andrew Guarno and you yeah, know, Colin and like other writers and journalists. Right. When you're, you're talking about like the idea, like the artistic class is what promotes cities, right? You know, it makes cities a place to live. And when people complain about cities that they don't like, that feel soulless, it's often cities that don't have as much culture. I mean, unfor- a lot of, unfortunately, some of the Southern cities, right? Because like they've grown so fast, but like, you know, like a, a place like Charlotte, North Carolina or Jacksonville, Florida, where like they're dominated by mostly by like banks and, pro- and like, you know, very profit oriented and don't have as much of as long of history or as rich a history of cultural stuff. And those are the things that like, you know, somebody like a food critic in the Buffalo News, the people talk about how much who live here, how great they think the food is, how great the like the, 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 it is to live in Buffalo and be able to eat here. And you have Galarno, you have a person out there who's going out there and like, here are new places who are doing things great. Here's new things to do. Here, here's what you should you should be trying. Here's what you should be looking for. Or here's a place that's been around for a while that maybe you forgot about. You should go back to this and try this place again. And, you know, without that, you're like, you could say you have a great food, but like, you're, that just means you're just going to Picasso's again. You're just going to the same place you always went. I mean, going to Picasso's like, Jesus, you could just be going to fucking uh, Domino's. Yeah. You know, like other cities, they don't have this. Like, they don't yep. have... They don't have a, a thriving food culture. I was just at the West Side Bazaar last week. Like, they don't have that. Or if they do, it's just like it's a small nothing thing. Here in Buffalo, we have so much culture. We have so much, and and it's it's part of the the fabric. I mean, we we we, or we earlier mentioned that we were both at AKG separately on on Friday, right? You know, like right. Like that's again part of the, like the arts. We talk how often do we talk about like theater and stuff like torn space here, like on the show. Those are all types of things that like, you know, that is where I think you know, I think we we often criticize City Buffalo and our political leadership for doing a lot of things and not doing things right. But where I think Buffalo punches above its weight is in some of the cultural stuff, right? You know, stuff like Klein Hands and the BPO. The AKG, even the Birchfield Penny, the independent galleries along Allen, right? You know, that type of stuff, um, I think, is where Buffalo does better than, I think, you know. I mean, if you go into that that AKG right now and you see that first floor where they have all those Clifford Still paintings and you don't think this is amazing, I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, absolutely. Or even you go into, like, um, like, the second floor which where they have like all the new art and it's yeah. just so wide yeah. and, and you just feel like you are in like, like the whoa factor just mm-hmm. overtake, like overtook me as I, I came in. I just see like installations and just like big paintings. And it's like, damn, you, you are in a space that feels like a real, like it's meant to overwhelm you with how fucking cool it is. Yeah. So, and and you need that. You need that here. We need that here. We've had it, and we're we're lucky to have it. And unfortunately, we are no longer lucky enough to have Andrew Glarno with Buffalo News. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, private venture, um, moving on. He's got a built-in audience, and 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 hopefully that takes off. And and uh, and I'm not gonna say hopefully it takes off. I know it will. I mean, again, yeah. he has like such a, a dedicated and devoted audience. But I think that having it in the Buffalo News. Right. Where everybody in the city, as opposed to you got to go to the, you know, you got to go to the Substack now and you got to subscribe. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. And he might probably be more profitable for him, honestly. But at the same time, it's just a damn shame that you you could be 
in fucking Skip Gingrich's Marilla, and you could read the Buffalo News. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like something like the Buffalo News is, you know, for all the 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 detriments to like papers and stuff like, like they're more accessible. Both, both physical copy, like you go to your doctor's office and like maybe there's a copy of the Buffalo News there, or you're in a waiting room somewhere, like there's a copy of the Buffalo News. Uh, they're they're distributed, like you can find it, like, and the, and they have a website now. Like if you're not somebody who you know. Is, is technologically savvy or you don't have a smartphone or you don't have access to the internet reliably, like you can't get access to what Andrew Garner's writing. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, you know, maybe in the past, like maybe you didn't have internet at home, but like you had to go to the laundromat to get your, to do your laundry and somebody had left a copy of the paper there and you had an opportunity to read what Andrew Garner was writing or Colin Dubkowski or Jeff Myers. Speaking of people who covered arts and culture in the last couple of years in Buffalo news and aren't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know I know the times are changing. I know <laughs> media's changing. I, I get it. I get it. I just nah, I'm a little sad that we don't have like as much of the shared culture stuff anymore. But um I think that's it for, for news of the week, Jim. Um and we have joining us Harper Bishop yeah. or a very a friend of the pod. Yep. A long friend of the pod, uh, Harper Bishop, joining us for a very special interview after this. Yep. Thanks so much. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in, in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and, and just really sharp. It, it takes the classic American lager and, and we, we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.